Section 16 of The Science History of the Universe, Volume 6. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Science History of the Universe, Volume 6. Edited by Francis Rolt Wheeler. Zoology. Chapter 9. The Vertebrates, Part 4. Mammals. Part 4. The deer are especially adapted to forest life. The teeth, short-crowned and suited for browsing, they inhabit all the forest regions of Europe, Asia, North Africa, and the two Americas, but have been prevented from reaching the Ethiopian region by the wide stretch of the Saharan desert and the arid mountainous country to the east of it the largest and most progressive of the deer, are found, as one might expect, in the arctic and cold-temperate zones of the north. The wapiti and red deer, the reindeer and caribou, the moose and European elk being the highest development of the family. The smallest and most primitive members live in southern Europe, in southeastern Asia, the East Indies, and in Central and South America. The earliest deer were of small size, at first hornless, like the modern musk deer of the Himalayas and water deer of China, or the fawn of any of the larger deer. Then, with a single spike, like the Central American brockets, or the second deer of the larger deer, to which the term brocket originally belonged, then, with two, three, or more times, all the stages being paralleled both by the adults of different species of modern deer and by the annual changes in the young of the larger northern deer. The antelopes, sheep, and cattle are primarily adapted to living on open plains. The teeth are mostly long-crowned, and in many of them the grinding edges of the enamel are braced by a heavy deposit of cement as in the horses. They are thus suited to feed upon the hard, dry, plains grass, which require very thorough chewing before their nutrition becomes available. Antelopes is a broad term that covers all the various races except two, the sheep and goats, and the cattle, which on account of their domestication by man are of special importance and have received especial names. From the zoological point of view, they are not more different from antelopes than the different races of antelopes are from each other, but they may fairly be considered as the highest and most progressive of the various antelope groups. The antelopes are today most abundant and varied in Africa. In Europe and Asia, where they were numerous during the later tertiary, they have been mostly displaced by the sheep and oxen, but are still found in large numbers in India, in Arabia, and Syria, and a few in the more central parts of Asia. Except for one or two little-known extinct species, they do not appear ever to have reached the New World. The so-called antelope, pronghorn, of the western plains is a solitary survivor of a distinct race intermediate between deer and antelopes in its affinities 
and especially characteristic of north america the smallest antelope is a little maduka or pygmy antelope of east africa no larger than a hare not much larger are the dukerbox cephalophus of south and east africa so called from the dexterity and quickness with which they duck or dive into the tall grass or bushes to escape from their pursuers in these the horns are small straight spikes the gazelles with longer ringed horns delicate head with large soft eyes slender neck and long limbs are generally admitted to be the most graceful of the hoofed quadrupeds and unsurpassed in speed in the larger antelopes the horns are either ringed or spirally twisted mostly projecting upward with a slight backward curve but in the gnu they are depressed on the side of the head as in the sheep some of the larger antelopes such as the african eland or indian nilgai have nearly the size and proportions of domestic cattle the goats sheep and cattle are the latest of the antelope groups to appear in geological history and the wild species are to-day predominantly asiatic in their distribution the cattle however are widely distributed throughout africa india and the east india islands and in north america are represented by the bison and musk ox the big horn and mountain goat of northwestern north america are the only new world representatives of the sheep and goats a single species of wild sheep is found in north africa otherwise they are all palearctic a few such as the ibex and camwa inhabiting the mountainous regions of europe most of them the highlands of asia while the cattle are especially plains and lowland types the sheep and goats are pre-eminently mountain dwellers active climbers sure-footed and able to endure severe cold the domesticated species of cattle sheep and goats are of enormous economic importance and have contributed very largely to shaping the development of old world civilization besides the ancestors of the modern pigs and ruminants there were various races of this order of hoofed animals that have not survived the elotiers were large animals with huge skulls cheek teeth like those of pigs front teeth more like carnivorous mammals feet strictly two-toed as in camels and ruminants but the metapodials not united into a cannon bone they inhabited the northern continents in the middle part of the tertiary period the skull of the largest of them dinoeus is over three feet long the animal as large as a hippopotamus but with much longer legs and short massive body proportioned more like the bison the oreodonts very abundant in north america at the same time have been called ruminating hogs as they combine the four-toed feet of the pigs with a ruminating type of teeth they must have resembled peccaries in appearance and habits but with shorter snout the contemporary anoplotiers took the place of the oreodonts in the old world the anthrocotiers pig-like in proportions with teeth partly intermediate between those of pigs and ruminants 
are regarded as more or less directly ancestral to the hippopotamus. The elephants are the most gigantic of living quadrupeds and the most singular in appearance. The elongation of the snout into a long, flexible trunk serving much the same purposes as the hands in man set them apart from all the other ungulates as in this respect at least a higher mechanical adaptation for there can be no doubt that the development of the hand into an effective organ of prehension released from the functions of locomotion has played an important part in the evolution of intelligent life in man and in the elephant we see an entirely different organ serving the same purpose almost as effectively to find the elephant ranking as the most intelligent of hoofed animals there is what might be expected the limbs are long straight and massive the feet short rounded heavily padded with five small hooves on each this construction is best adapted to support the gigantic weight of the body five to fifteen thousand pounds and all very large land animals approach it more or less nearly the teeth are very highly specialized one pair of upper incisors is enlarged and lengthened into tusks all the other front teeth have disappeared of the cheek teeth only the molars remain and these are high crowned composed of alternating transverse plates of enamel dentine and cement the three molars come into use one after another dropping out as they wear down to the roots and in a fully adult elephant only one grinding tooth is left on each side of the upper or lower jaw four grinders and two tusks constitute the entire adult dentition and even the tusks are absent in the female the skull and jaws are extremely short and large in proportion giving room for the attachment of the powerful muscles necessary to wield the trunk and tusks and grind the food leaves twigs fruits and forest grasses unlike other long-limbed animals excepting man the neck is very short as the trunk makes it unnecessary for the head to reach the ground the average height of elephants is from eight to ten feet but the african species at least sometimes reaches twelve feet in height jumbo was eleven feet high his weight six and a half tons the indian species is more massive but not so tall as the african one its forehead is higher and grinders larger with more numerous and closely set plates the tusks are smaller and often absent in males as well as females elephants have been tamed since the days of the ancients both indian and african species those brought by hannibal from carthage must have been african elephants but the greeks and romans were more familiar with the indian species the two modern species of elephants are the last survivors of a race widely distributed in prehistoric times the mammoths were simply a species of elephant the mastodons were a nearly related genus but with shorter crown and more numerous teeth and other primitive characters these during the pleistocene epoch ranged over all the northern continents mammoth remains have been found in all parts of europe and in asia 
northward to the Liakoff Islands in the Arctic Ocean, where vast quantities of their tusks and bones are preserved in the frozen soil. In America, the mammoths of different species ranged from Siberia to Mexico. The mastodons were of even wider range, penetrating into South America as far as the Argentine plains. The Arctic species of elephants were covered with a shaggy coat of reddish-brown wool, mingled with longer black hairs. In Siberia and Alaska, carcasses of these animals more or less complete have been found preserved in the frozen soil. The southern mammoths were more probably naked-skinned, like the modern elephants, which they somewhat exceeded in height and bulk. A skeleton in the Paris Museum is slightly over three meters, 13 feet, in height. The mastodons were also partly covered with hair. The tusks in some of these mammoths and mastodons were of enormous size, curling inward and crossing at the tips. Some of these fossil tusks measure 13 feet in length and 9 inches in thickness. Like the tusks of modern elephants, they are composed of ivory or dentine only, the enamel being lacking. During the latter half of the tertiary period, primitive mastodons, Gomphotherium, inhabited Europe, Asia, and North America. They were much smaller than the Pleistocene mastodons and elephants, with tusks in both upper and lower jaws, and shorter limbs, longer skull, and much shorter trunk. The lower tusks are short and straight, or in the earliest forms curving slightly downward, and with a strip of enamel on the face of the tusk. In a related genus, Dinotherium, the upper tusks were absent the lower ones large and curving downward, and in this animal the grinding teeth were more numerous, five on each side of the jaw, while the gumpotherium, like the true mastodon, had but three. A complete series of intermediate stages between the primitive mastodons and the modern elephants is found in the successive formations of the latter tertiary in Europe and Asia. The early history of the proboscideans was unknown until very recently, when the explorations in the Fayum district of Egypt disclosed an early tertiary fauna, which included, among other large quadrupeds, new to science, the early stages in the evolution of mastodons and elephants. These carried back the ancestry of the elephant to a small animal, Moritherium, about as large as a cow with a nearly complete series of teeth, short-crowned grinders, one pair of incisors, enlarged and somewhat like the gnawing teeth of rodents with long head, no trunk, and short limbs. Palomastodon was intermediate between this type and the primitive mastodons. Reference has been made to the various extinct relatives of the parasodactyls, artiodactyls, and proboscideans. But during the age of mammals, there were a number of groups of hoofed mammals not related to any of the living orders, and some of remarkable portions and gigantic size. In North America, during the Eocene epoch, lived the Uintatarium or Dinocerus, a huge creature larger than an Indian rhinoceros, with elephantine limbs and feet, its head 
armed with three pairs of bony horns and great saber-like upper tusks in africa about the same time or a little later lived the arsinoetherium equally huge and elephantine in limbs and feet and with a pair of great sharp horns at the front of the skull south america during the long period that it remained an island continent developed a great variety of hoofed mammals unrelated to those of the northern continents but sometimes paralleling them to a remarkable extent in the south american eocene is found a great elephantine quadruped the pyrotherium singularly like the ancestral mastodons in many respects but probably not closely related to them in the miocene lived another huge beast the astropotherium again with elephantine limbs and feet and apparently provided with a shorter trunk but with tusks like those of pigs and peccaries only of larger size and with grinding teeth that bear a general resemblance to those of the rhinoceros at the same time lived smaller animals the nesodons proportioned somewhat on the lines of a small hornless rhinoceros and a little typotheres rabbit or cony-like in size and proportions but in fact related to the nesodons the most interesting members of this miocene fauna of south america were the lipopterna some of which paralleled the horses in their foot structure with extraordinary closeness although not at all horse-like in the skull or teeth the side toes were reduced to dew claws as in the later three-toed horses and finally disappeared leaving only the central toe with a rudimentary nodule of bone to represent each side toe like the splint of the modern horse the form of the foot bones throughout becomes singularly like that of the true horses other lithopterna retained three well-developed toes like the rhinoceroses but their limbs had rather the shambling build of the camel than the more compact proportions of rhinoceroses or tapir at the end of the tertiary still other gigantic ungulates developed in south america the nesodons gave rise to the huge massive toxodon exceeding a rhinoceros in size the three-toed lithopterna to the camel-like macrochenia all these extinct groups of ungulates were evolved in north america in south america and in africa during epochs when these regions were cut off from the main centre of diffusion of mammals the great landmass of northern and central asia the corresponding forms evolved in this larger central region were subject to severer and wider competition were more advanced intelligent active or hardy than the quadrupeds evolved in the smaller isolated areas consequently when these areas were joined to the central landmass its fauna invaded them and swept out of existence all the competing autochthonic types the manatee and dugong are the remnants of a group of herbivorous mammals nearly related to the ancestors of the elephants like the cetacea they have adopted an aquatic life 
and become more or less fish-like in form losing the hind limbs developing the tail into a swimming organ and the forelimbs into fin-like paddles and entirely losing the hair unlike cetaceans they are sluggish slow-moving bottom feeders living on the aquatic vegetation of tidal rivers or upon seaweeds the dugong of the red sea and east indies and the manatee of the atlantic coasts are the only survivors a larger form steller's sea cow inhabited some of the aleutian islands until seventeen fifty eight and in the tertiary formations of europe and north africa various ancestral stages have been discovered the name sirenia may seem singularly inappropriate for such peculiarly ugly animals yet it is not unlikely that some of the older reports of mermaids were based upon the dugong owing to the custom of the parent holding the young to her breast with her flippers the round heads of both being raised out of the water the carnivora are the beasts of prey specially adapted for flesh-eating and predaceous habits for the most part they are exceptionally active strong and restless of high intelligence and perfect bodily mechanism in so far as perfection consists in mechanical adaptation to an active and varied life the carnivora may indeed be regarded as the highest of living animals man indeed in respect of his mental powers stands far above the rest of creation but as an all-around athlete he must yield the palm to the carnivores besides the land carnivora this order includes the seals and walruses adapted to a marine life and again partially assuming a fish-like form although they have retained their furry covering and in the absence of a heavy tail the hind limbs have been converted into a propelling organ instead of disappearing as they have done in cetaceans or sirenians the forelimbs are converted into flippers and the teeth mimic those of the early toothed whales in their adaptation to fish-eating but seals and walruses are not as helpless on land as are dolphins or whales their adaptation to marine life is not so complete the great rookeries in which seals congregate for breeding purposes and the long migrations which they undertake each season are remarkable features of their life the terrestrial carnivora are more numerous and familiar their teeth are specialized for seizing their prey and for cutting flesh the canine teeth are large sharp and strong one pair of cheek teeth is enlarged and converted into stout shearing blades which act like a pair of scissors these are termed carnassales and the cheek teeth in front of them are usually of cutting type while the molars behind are used for crushing or are entirely absent the feet have either four or five digits the claws usually sharp and sometimes retractile so that they can be drawn back out of the way while walking and extended only in seizing their prey 
they walk either upon the entire sole of the foot or upon the under surface of the toes the sole or palm being held free of the ground but never upon the tips of the toes as do the hoofed animals most of the carnivora are good climbers some live mostly or altogether in trees all of them are of high intelligence and keen perceptions the senses of light smell and hearing very highly developed they are divided usually into seven families one canidae dogs wolves foxes and jackals partly omnivorous adapted to swift running and very often hunting in packs cosmopolitan procyonidae raccoons omnivorous and arboreal found only in the new world three ursidae bears omnivorous terrestrial and all of large size cosmopolitan except australian region four mustelidae weasels martins skunks badgers and otters mostly predaceous and of small or medium size found everywhere except in the australian region five viviridae civets mongooses etc mostly predaceous and of small or medium size confined to the old world exclusive of australasia a few species of carnivora in madagascar all belong to this family six hyenidae hyenas predaceous and of large size found only in africa and south asia seven felidae the cat family including the lion tiger and various smaller cats strictly predaceous large or of medium size cosmopolitan except australasia the dog family are more adapted for speed than any other carnivora and the larger species often hunt in packs and run down their prey in the open they are equally expert in tracking their prey the sense of smell being very highly developed unlike most carnivora the claws are blunt and are used only for locomotion and they are quite unable to climb trees their range extends from the arctic regions to the equator and southward to patagonia and the falkland islands the true wolves and foxes are mostly found in the northern continents the jackals are oriental and african while the south american canids belong to a somewhat primitive group known as dog foxes the dingo is the only member of the carnivora which has entered australia but whether introduced by primitive man or naturally is not certainly proven all of the family are much alike in structure differing mainly in size color and habits they are all included in the genus canis except four or five species inhabiting india africa and south america the raccoons of the new world are more or less related to the dogs but arboreal forest living nocturnal and omnivorous the coon has a well-deserved reputation for cleverness and cunning qualities shared by the less known members of the family the coati caxomissal and the kinkajou of the central and south american forests the last name is the most strictly arboreal of the carnivora its tail prehensile like the monkey's which it resembles in habits and food 
End of chapter 9, part 4. End of section 16.